This is Alicia, and welcome to the College Life Podcast. I am super passionate about education, personal development, growth, and bringing out the best in every college student. This podcast will help motivate you, empower you, and bring you clarity and confidence in who you are, in your purpose, and help you take action toward a life you love. Don't wait until you graduate to live your best life. Let's start now. What's up and welcome to the College Life Podcast. It's Alicia here and today I am sharing an interview that I did with one of my friends, Jeremy. He is actually in the PhD program that I am also in and he is doing a research project on what it's like to be a first-generation student in graduate school. So you will get to hear a little bit about my journey, some challenges that I've experienced in this process. And so if you are a first-generation college student right now, I want you to know that my challenges might not be the same as yours, but there are people who are going through something that is similar. You aren't the only one, even though it sometimes can feel like it. Um, There are people who have overcome these challenges that you're experiencing and you can totally do this. If you aren't a first-generation college student, this also can just kind of give you insight about how different people experience the world. And sometimes you might um, also identify with some of the things that some of the challenges that I um, have experienced as well. So I hope that this helps you get to know me a little bit more and helps you see what it's like to be in graduate school. I hope that you enjoy this episode. Let's get started. Thanks for agreeing to be part of the study. Sure. Our first question, and by the way, these questions are semi-structured, so I really only have a handful of questions for you, but we can explore them further if you're interested. Um, The first question I have for you is, can you think back to a time um, when you first thought about attending graduate school? Can you tell me about that? Okay, so I've applied to graduate school a couple of times. And are we talking about master's or PhD, or can I do either? I'd say the first time you thought about attending, so that would probably be your master's degree. Okay, so the first time I thought about attending, um, I actually heard about it, heard about graduate school for the first time in a class during under, in my undergrad. I didn't know what graduate school was. And looking back at that now, I just laugh. I'm just like, what? (laughs) But um, I think, you know, the only thing that I kind of knew after your undergraduate degree was kind of law school or medical school. And I knew that I wasn't interested in those. And I just really didn't know that graduate school even existed. I guess I didn't really make the connection of what a PhD was or anything, which I kind of knew about, but I didn't really know how you got one. So I heard about it in a class. My professor said it in front of 90 students, whatever. Um, And he was talking about it. And I was in family and child sciences. And I really didn't know what the heck I was going to do with that degree because I originally was an education major and had just recently switched. So my junior year. And he, my professor um, basically talked about how if I wanted to do something, I probably should get a graduate degree, not me, but just our class. He kind of said it as a blanket statement. You know, if you want to make some kind of money, if you want to kind of do a little bit more, you probably need a graduate degree. And then he gave us, 
I think five options at the time of what people typically in our major kind of went into. And so I kind of started thinking like, what is this guy talking about? I'm really not sure, but I do know that I want to make more money. I want to have more opportunities. But again, I didn't really know what he was talking about with graduate school. So he offered for people to come into his office hours. And it was actually probably one of the first times that I went to office hours because I wanted to, not because I had to for a class or something. Mm -hmm. I didn't really see the value in it. Um, and I didn't really struggle a lot, nor was I really like stellar. So I just never really knew why you would go to office hours. So when I went, I talked to him and he was super welcoming. And I actually have told the story recently um, because it just, it was actually really powerful for me because he really just walked me through the process. He helped me figure out how I apply, why I should go, not telling me that I should go, but just kind of saying, here are your options. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know what the GRE was. I, I, I just, I had no idea. And so he also offered to write me a letter of recommendation, which was really great. Um, so I, yeah, I went to his office hours quite a bit that semester and the following semester just because yeah, he was just amazing to work with. So that was kind of when I first started thinking about graduate school and like maybe this could be possible. Hmm. Um, so you said you went the first semester um, and then another semester. That second semester, were you taking classes with him or at that point had you developed a relationship around graduate yeah. school? So I, I was taking classes with, classes with him another semester, but I also had developed that relationship and I felt, and we talked more about graduate school versus classes. Yeah. Cool. So really just kind of helping me through that process. I was like, wait, what do I need to do and when? And okay, I'll look at this website and I want to be studying for the GRE. Like I'm not really a strong test taker, so I'm not really sure how I'm going to do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. When was the last time you talked with that professor? Oh, actually, I just emailed him probably uh, probably within the past month. Wow. So um, I, um, I, I have a podcast. I think I told you about this, but I have a podcast called The College Life Podcast, and it's a podcast for college students. And I just recorded an episode about him and about faculty office hours and why you should go, when you should go. And I told that story on it and then I emailed it to him and just shared it with him because, and I gave him a shout out on it and just really shared how meaningful he was um, in my life. And I, I also had emailed him three years ago as well, kind of telling him, Oh, I got, I got into a PhD program and this is what I'm doing and, and that kind of thing. So it just was really yeah, impactful and he's still at, um, at my undergrad as well. Yeah. That's so cool. Did he yeah. respond? Yeah. Yeah, he did. He said he listened to it. He listened to a couple other episodes. Um, yeah. But I just know, I remember him saying that more students need to, to reach out to him and they weren't right. So, so like, I felt like I wanted to do that to give back to him almost in, in a way. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so Let's see. It seems like some of the original motivators for you to seek graduate school was maybe um, have more opportunities and make more money. Um, 
Have things changed since then? What do you hope to gain from completing your PhD? Mm -hmm. It's so interesting because I'm focusing less on the actual completion and all the things that I've learned along the way. Um, I feel like I've just grown so much personally and professionally this, these past four years that I've been working on my PhD. Well, this is my fourth year, I think. I'm losing track. It's <laughs> <laughs> not good. But I feel like um, the people that I've met, the opportunities that I've had to try and publish things um, just have really been invaluable. I feel like I've learned how to do research. Um, of course, I feel like I can always grow in that and I'm not like great at anything yet, but I'm feeling more and more confident that I can be one day that I can actually make a difference and make a bigger impact. I would like to still make money and <laughs> I am planning to do that. That is a goal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I hope so. but it's also to like make a bigger impact. And I feel like I'm clear on like my purpose and what I really want to do in life. Um, so it has changed, but it's changed. I feel like in a deeper way, I'm also okay with wanting to make money. I feel like in the past, I don't think I would have said I would went to graduate school to make money, mm. but I, I felt that in my heart that I wanted to, I wanted to do well and do better than my family was able to. And now like I'm already past my family. It's just, it's just so interesting to think about like what a graduate degree has done, what an yeah. undergraduate degree has done. I mean, it's just so powerful. So I don't know if I answered your question. You did. And actually it <laughs> was a perfect lead in for my next question. Perfect. Um, so after you graduate, um, if thinking about your current experiences, what do you think you'll remember the most about this time? I think I'll remember how much I actually enjoy it. Mm. I think sometimes when we're in classes, we're like, oh, I got to do this assignment. I got to do this. I got to check this box. I got to read. But I actually really love reading and, and doing the work. Um, a lot of times it's finding the time to do it. But even uh, in, in where I'm at right now, trying to do my proposal, I feel like I, when I'm sitting down and I'm like reading an article, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. I'm going to use this. And I'm like, oh, this is so, oh, that's so interesting. Or that's exactly kind of what I think in my head is happening, but it's cool to see the research is actually showing this as well, or it isn't. And it's challenging me to think, oh, maybe that's not how, what I, what I thought, you know, is actually happening is actually happening. So I think, um, I feel like I'm finally okay with just being able to learn and grow and asking a ton of questions. And I think the PhD really has helped me do that and be comfortable with myself to say, um, Hey, can you explain that differently? Or I'm not sure what you're saying, or I don't understand what that word means. <laughs> and so I'm okay with Googling it. And I think so in my prior, like my undergrad and even my master's degree, I don't feel like I really embraced everything that was offered. And I feel like in my PhD, I have, and I don't know if it's because of my life experience, my work experience in between my master's and my PhD, but now I feel like I'm just willing to take advantage of every opportunity that's available to me. And I'm trying to use every resource that I can. So for example, I got to take um, a class for free. And so I didn't have to pay for it through my tuition. And I got to just sit in on the class, an undergraduate class, uh, the last semester of my 
um, when I was comping and it was an entrepreneurship class. So I just got to be part of the, the entrepreneurship. We had to propose a business idea. And so it was just really fun and thinking about how can I implement some of those things and what I want to do long-term. So I just feel like I'm trying to embrace everything that is offered on campus. And it's, that's the things also, I don't know if this is going into too much, but I feel like it is pretty relevant. As a first generation student, I felt like an undergrad, I did not know about all these cool things that you could do. And now I'm like, I'm going to ask, I'm going to research, I'm going to find out what's on campus. So that way I can take advantage of everything that I possibly can during my PhD. That's awesome. Um, I definitely think that is relevant. Yeah, and I hope that I can continue that, right, when I finish my PhD. That's why I feel like it's, it's going to be something that I re really remember, you know. Sorry, yes. hang on. So it sounds like oh, what you'll remember the most is kind of maximizing yes. your, your time and your opportunity that exists within a program. Yes, exactly. And I think that's where, like, I really see my – my long-term goal is helping more students do that. Mm. And so it, it links exactly like my experience and what I feel like, like I didn't get and what I'm trying to get now is what I'm also trying to get more students to experience. Um, and that's where my purpose, my passion, like all of those things kind of come into play. Well, it sounds like that's what you're doing with your podcast. Yes, exactly. That's what it's really focused on. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's actually like making the most of your college experience is like one of the things that I have to put in my mission and I'm still working on what that looks like. But I feel like I'm getting closer to what I really want it to be. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, do you find that's your motivation to kind of get through the more challenging bits of the, uh, the degree? Mm. Or do you have, what keeps you motivated? How about I ask that? Um, I mean, I think it's like my work with students. So that happens in my job. It happened in my assistantship. It's why I decided to go and get my PhD um, is to have a bigger impact. And I also just absolutely love learning. So that really helps me stay motivated. I think it's interesting because everything outside of my life and education has not been like that. I'm not super motivated all the time and like my <laughs> fitness goals or my, you know, eating habits or like my business. Like I want to start a business and I am kind of doing some of those things that you need to do. Um, but I also am trying to like, Oh, well I need to prioritize this PhD thing too. Um, but I feel like my, I've, once I started the PhD, I knew I was going to finish because like I had to and I, I felt I feel like education and I don't know if it's just because of the way I grew up K through 12 my, ma my undergraduate degree my master's degree but I feel like if I start something in education I'm gonna finish it like there's no question it's like how long is it gonna take sure that could change or how much effort I need to put in like I might need to do more sometimes whatever but I feel like maybe and that's where I feel like my strength is, is education. I also feel like that's a challenge because sometimes in education, it's very like standard, like, oh, you need to show up to class. You need to do these things. And, you know, sometimes in research, that's the same way, but you can kind of get creative a little bit in how you approach your research. And that's kind of something I like to be told what to do. 
And I feel like in the PhD, I'm learning, oh, actually, I shouldn't be told what to do. I should be giving a lot of different options, a lot of different readings, and then figuring out what I think mm-hmm. I need to make a decision in, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know really how I got there, but motivation, I, I have a ton of it with education. I, I just feel like, again, once I start something, I have to finish it and that yeah. I can. And I think I have like self-efficacy when it comes to education because of my past experiences, but then everything else kind of outside of it, I still have kind of like lower confidence or low self-efficacy. And I'm still, I'm working on that in my personal life to really like break out of that and use what I know and my strengths in education into other areas of my life. But I mean, I think students are really what is core in in my own experience. It sounds like you have a lot of interests in your life, but education and finishing this degree is the top priority or close. I don't know if it's my top priority. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds like a (laughs) non-negotiable. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it's going to happen. Yeah. And I don't, I do feel really confident in that. Um, One thing that I have learned in in this process is that I feel like my life is the most important thing Mm. in my, in like my relationships. So with my husband, especially, and then even making friends. So I, I just feel really like my life shouldn't stop just because I'm working on a PhD. This is one part of my life and it's super important and I'm super committed and I enjoy it. I actually, I really love it, but it's just one part of my life and I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so when you need advice or support on a challenging issue in being a first-generation graduate student. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you contact? Uh, I don't know how, who I really do. I mean, I talked to my husband, I would say, through cool. some of these things because he recently got his master's, I guess, like three or four years ago. Um, he's also first-generation. Um, I also have connected with another um, person in my cohort, um, and we've had some conversations about what it means to be a first gen. And it was so cool. Whenever we had a conversation, she goes, Oh my gosh, me too. And I was like, <laughs> what? And it was just so like, you just, like, connect. you're just like, Oh my gosh, I feel the same way. And, um, and, um, yeah, so I don't have a ton of friends who have received a PhD, um, especially who are even first generation. So, yeah, it, it feels a little weird. It feels like I can't really talk about it with a lot of people. Um, yeah, it, it's weird. Um, I don't know if you want me to talk about who is not my support. <laughs> you know, if you want to, if there is anyone in your experience that you feel adds to the challenges, you know, I'd love to know that. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I guess I just feel like, so yeah, my husband is awesome. And then but other than that, I really don't feel like I have it a lot. And my parents, like, I can remember a time when it was like probably like a year and a half ago. I remember I was driving home from Greeley because uh, I commute and I was driving home talking to my dad and he asked me, oh, how's that PhD going? And I had never like gotten that question before. Like, I'm almost <laughs> like going to like cry a little bit because I feel like I was so excited to tell him and to talk about it. And 
I always felt guilty and I always, I still feel guilty about even like talking about it in some ways. Maybe guilty isn't even the right word. Um, I want to talk about it more, but I just feel like they don't even want to understand. Mm. And I don't know if it's because of some type of way that they feel or if it's my own stuff, you know? Yeah. So I really struggle with that. I sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I, you know, I wrote this weekend. I just kind of, sometimes I'll like do little tidbits in, in, in my, my parents' conversations and I speak with them at least once or twice. Well, I speak to my mom once a week and my dad a couple times a month, probably. Um, and I've have a pretty good relationship with them, but in some ways it's really challenging for me to share that kind of stuff. And again, I just, I just don't feel like they care. And maybe it's not that they don't care, but they just don't really even know what to ask. And I, and I don't know what to say, say, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, my parents have, well, my dad has a degree and they still don't understand. I mean, when I talk about it, it's more like, when are you going to be done with that? Yes. <laughs> How much longer do you have? Like, yeah. that's, exa- that's exactly right. It's not really a, um, a question about what the journey is like or what the challenges are or yeah, seeking to understand any of that, for me at least. Yeah, same. Interesting. Um, do you have any siblings? I don't. I'm the only child. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guess I forgot that. Yeah, and that puts another like element kind of to it as well because moving across the country, most people in our family, even immediate or like not immediate, but like kind of extended aunts, uncles, cousins, um, have all kind of stayed in that in Florida, and I'm kind of the only one that has left. One of my cousins did, but she ended up going back. So I just, I sometimes feel guilty about that as well mm-hmm. because I'm like, oh, I'm going to pursue my degree. I'm going to go get an education. They're kind of like, well, are you going to come back? And I'm like, maybe not. And I kind of yeah. don't want to, you know, and, and that's kind of a weird thing too. It's like, oh, I'm getting a degree to make this difference, but it's not going to be in my community. Mm. So that, that like kind of adds a whole nother thing, which I do have long-term goals for, but I need more money. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, so beyond your partner and your cohort member, um, are there any kind of resources that you utilize in the institution that you're at or just generally in the community in regards to your academic first-generation graduates experience? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. (laughs) No. Were there any um, offices that um, you followed up with, kind of like a, what do they call that, the stats lab or? Oh, yeah, okay. I definitely went there for support. So I went to the stats lab. I feel like my faculty are really great. Mm Mm-hmm. Do I really talk about my for being being first generation and that kind of thing? No, but I feel like it's always it overhangs um, kind of like me not feeling good enough or mm-hmm. not like I belong in most conversations. Um, so I would I feel like any time that I connect with faculty or even sometimes like upper level administrators in higher education, 
I don't feel like I fit in. I, I feel like I'm supposed to talk a certain way or be a certain way. And I don't feel like it aligns with who I am. And mm. so I'm really trying to figure out that part. And I don't know if it's because I'm like from the country and like rural area. I just don't understand being fake. I don't understand politics. <laughs> I like humans are first always in my head. And when it comes to politics in general, but like also just in life and I just, I like, I feel like there's such a disconnect between higher administrators and students sometimes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't know. I just don't want to lose that, I guess. But I, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of always trying to like fake it a little bit when I'm in, in the room with certain people. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't feel like I have a ton of support. I did, um, the first three years, I did have a really great supervisor um, as in under my graduate assistantship, that was extremely helpful in just processing through. She was also first generation. So she really understood and would just laugh at me when I would say things like, I don't really understand this or, uh, you know, I'm really struggling with this and I, like, I don't feel like I'm smart enough or good enough. And she would always try to like really encourage me and push me and challenge me, which I really needed and really cared like that really made a huge impact on me. Um, yeah, I would also say too, I mean, I had support with another PhD student the first year that I got there mm -hmm. and, um, she wasn't first gen, but she was amazing and she really made me feel welcome and we had the same office. And so we just kind of, we started sharing stories and she was like, Oh girl, like I felt the same way when I first started. I was like, really? I don't know what I'm doing. And she's like, <laughs> Oh yeah, nobody does. You know, that kind of yeah. thing. Um, I guess too, another story I remember one of the first articles, and I'm not sure if you remember this, but it was one of the first articles that we read for Dr. Davison's class. Um, mm -hmm. so she's our faculty, first year, first semester PhD student. And it was an article about imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading that thinking, holy shit, this is so <laughs> awesome. I'm going to love this program because we're just getting it out on the table. Yeah. Like you might not feel like you fit in here. And I feel like that to me really made me feel like comfortable and welcome and like I could start to be myself. So yeah. Other than that though, I feel like it's just random people. It's not necessarily like an office or yeah, community or anything. Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, here's a question actually based off of what I know about you. Uh, so you currently work at an institution that is different from what your PhD institution is. And I would say, in my opinion, uh, there is less of a first-generation presence at that institution than there is at the institution you're getting your degree at. You mentioned some of these interactions where you kind of have to fake it in meetings or um, you're trying to figure out what you know or what you may not know. Um, do you feel like the climate is any different between these two institutions? Does an institution or a campus with uh, more of a first-generation presence in some of those informal actions um, change the dynamic at all, or is it pretty much the same? Is it part mm -hmm. of an academic culture? I definitely think it's part of academic culture, mm. but I also think it is, it is different. So I remember when I accepted the position, I immediately thought, holy shit, can I do this? Like, am I going to be good enough? Am I going to be smart enough for these people? 
you know, they think like I'm getting my PhD and they know that, but like, do they know who I am really? Because I don't feel like I, I align with like a doctor, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> like whenever I think about a PhD, I think about somebody who has extremely like an excellent vocabulary and very well-spoken, very put together, um, extremely knowledgeable, right. About, about like a topic or topics. And I do feel like I'm kind of getting there, but I'm nowhere near what I think of that person. And so I was already like having imposter syndrome, trying to like accept the position. And I, I kept telling Carlos, I was like, my husband, mm-hmm. like if, <laughs> like what happens if I'm not what they think I am, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so luckily I've been able to so far be myself in my, you know, immediate, um, my assistant director and then my two colleagues in, in our immediate kind of space. I feel like I'm able to be myself. I feel like I'm able to say things that I don't really agree with, but if it doesn't work out that way, then I'm okay with that. Um, but even, I feel like I can contribute, I guess. And I yeah. feel like I am able to say, hey, I think that this could be better and here's how. And this was like the second day and then my supervisor was like, oh my gosh, yes, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, because you know, you never know how that's going to go. Yeah. If, you're, if you're giving like really good like quality, I feel like I put time into it and like tried to give quality feedback. And, um, she totally was like, yeah, I totally agree. And I was like, oh, perfect. This is going to be great. Um, and I felt like I could be a little bit critical and, and she was fine with it. So, um, I do feel like that as far as the student population goes and working with students and then also the administration, I definitely feel like it is different. Um, I'm honestly struggling with it because I pretty much really align with like first generation students and and really trying to help that and support that population. So I'm trying to find creative ways to do that. And anytime I, you know, work with a first gen student, I'm like, Oh yeah, me too. And you know, it can be challenging sometimes to really understand what's going on. So let's talk about it. Like I try to lay it out on the table. Um, And then two, I actually just uh, worked with a student today and he is part of a like first generation community organization in Denver and wow. so he has there's a few other students who are connected with them who go to see you so I was like hey you know I'd love to connect with the person that you work with there and try to build that relationship so I can help support more students who do end up at CU um, because it is a large institution and, it, and it's easy to kind of get yeah get lost a little bit So I'm just like finding more creative ways to do the things that I really want to do. And I know that I want to, like I said, impact more students. And that's kind of why I have the podcast too. So I can eventually just be who I am and be myself and still make a difference somehow. So that's cool. Yeah. So this might already be in your podcast, but if you had to succinctly give some advice to a first generation college student, um, what advice would you give? Hmm. definitely ask for help and build a relationship with somebody on campus and that's hard too right because it's like who do I who do I even go to first so I guess if you really want to boil it down to build a relationship with an academic advisor to get started but we know that they also have high turnover so but anyways yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
but try to find somebody on campus who you can be real with and who you can be yourself with and ask questions to. Um, I think to believing in yourself and that you are, you have something to offer, not only your classroom and offer just in, in the world, but, or, well, yeah, not just in the classroom, but you also have something to offer the world um, and that you can make a difference and make money. And, <laughs> you know, I think, you know, sometimes you don't think that when you're growing up, you, you think, well, if I, if I really want to, you know, make money and get out of my situation, I need to do this big thing, like be a doctor or a lawyer. Um, and I didn't have that feeling luckily when I was growing up, but I know a lot of students that I work with do. So I would definitely say that. Um, I would also say just be open to learning and growing and, and, uh, opportunities because of plenty of opportunities are going to come your way, but you have to say yes to them. And a lot of times where we kind of self doubt, like, Oh, that's not for me. I don't really belong here. I don't, you know, I, I, I just want to sit at home and watch Netflix instead of saying yes to go to this event that I might, you know, meet my next best friend, meet a person that I'm going to start a company with, meet a person who's going to help me get into med school. You know, you just don't know who you're going to meet at these kinds of events. And you don't know about them though, as a first gen student either often, because you just, you're not looking at the department website because you didn't really know that that existed, you know? So it's yeah. just like, yeah, I could probably keep going, but. <laughs> um, I'm just curious. So you have obtained multiple degrees at this point. You're pursuing a terminal degree. You work on a college campus and try to impact some of these um, issues with first generation students and you've talked a lot about imposter syndrome do you mm -hmm. feel like from your perspective imposter syndrome is something that would um, ever fully go away through some of the education and experiences that um, you have or that others have or is it something that's always there that is such a good question <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think it, it, I don't know if it'll ever go away for me personally. Um, you know, I, I think part of the reason why I keep pursuing degrees is because I feel like I need to prove, prove to me, to, to the world. I'm not really sure that I'm good enough. It's like, if I'm a PhD, I, I have to be good enough. Right. <laughs> but am I going to feel that way when I, when I cross the, when I get my diploma, it's mm -hmm. not just going to be like a mind shift. Um, I do feel like it kind of goes less the more comfortable that I become with like who I am as a person and that and trusting myself that I'm always going to be learning and growing and challenging myself and trusting myself that I'm going to do the right thing no matter like whatever situation I'm going to do the best thing that I know with the information that I have mm -hmm. and trusting in myself and I feel like I'm going to feel imposter like as an imposter but I'm going to feel more comfortable with who I am to just be okay with it. So, and that's something that I'm personally working on too. So I think there will be always spaces where I'll feel a little bit like that, but I think that's part of life too, too, though. You know, if you keep learning and growing, you're going to continue to be around people who challenge you, who are, yeah. who are not like you, who are, you know, hopefully leveling up their life. And if you're around, if you're wanting to level up your life, you have to constantly be around people who are leveling up theirs. So I think I, 
I kind of hope that I'm always in that space. And I also hope that I feel more confident in myself to navigate those spaces anyway. Yeah. Great. Um, we've kind of touched upon this, but I'd like to explicitly ask you this question. Okay. Was there ever a time or a person that ever discouraged you from either attending graduate school or getting the degree that you are? Hmm. I would say my parents both didn't really understand why I was pursuing a PhD. And again, they still don't, right? But um, I feel like I was okay with it at the time because I was financially independent. I could make my own decisions, and that was really great. Um, yeah. I definitely had a couple people, whenever they were getting their PhD, to really challenge me, like, are you sure you want it? Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of work, and it's, <laughs> oh, it's, oh, gosh, oh, my gosh. I mean, I don't know if you've heard that, but I've heard that a yeah. lot. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's like seriously the, the phrase I feel like it's so dramatic it and is. it's hard. It's time consuming, but to me, it's not something that I think anybody could do it if they really wanted to, mm-hmm. not anybody maybe, but like, I don't know. I, I feel like, it's not as challenging as everybody kind of keeps saying it. Yeah. I don't know. I understand that. And maybe I'm not through, you know, I'm not finished yet. So (laughs) ask me again in like a year or two, but I mean, it's going to be hard and it's time consuming and it's, it's all encompassing. I mean, I, I think about, I'm like, Oh, I need to write today or I need to do this or I need to, Oh, like, should I have done that? Or should I have done this? Or when can I send this to my professor? I mean, it's kind of mm-hmm. like always on your mind. So that's always a challenge. And, and there are some intellectual things that you're trying to like figure out, right? But mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess there was definitely that thing of like, are you sure that you really want it? I saw, I don't really feel like it's like one person. It was just kind of this like overlying thing that, hap- that I kept feeling. Kind of like a theme. Yeah, definitely. From, from people that you knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that is the extent of my questions, with the exception of one, actually. Uh, do you have a specific name you want us to use okay. for a pseudonym in this study? Ooh. Let me think. I'll do Jenny. Okay. I don't know where that came from, but I can't really <laughs> think of another one, so we're going with it. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else that you want to share with me? Mm. Something you wanted to talk about, but through our questions, we did not hit. What is your research question? Hmm. You know, I'd have to look it up. <laughs> like how do first in college students, graduate it, students experience? I can paraphrase it, but it essentially yeah. is um, exploring the uh, social and emotional experiences of first-generation graduate students yeah so it's focused on that social and emotional piece which is still pretty large I would say for a study but it's focused on motivations 
um, self-perception challenges, support yeah. networks, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I have a couple things really quick, but the first thing is I feel like when I first got there, I thought that I was going to have a cohort and a community to really like have that support. And mm -hmm. it didn't really go down the way that I wanted it to. <laughs> and, and you know, a lot of it is like me is on and I, I will take full responsibility and ownership because I was commuting and it was already really challenging to be, you know, investing all this time and energy somewhere else and then driving home an hour and 15 minutes, you know, it, it just felt a lot. And I, I always wanted to go grab a beer with people and really like build that those relationships. But I just didn't feel like, um, I didn't make it a priority and I don't think, um, yeah, I just didn't feel like it was happening. And so I, I feel like it's been a pretty lonely process, but, um, so you think if you weren't commuting or if you'd made it more of a priority to connect with your cohort, it wouldn't have been as lonely? I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> And, and then, you're referring to your PhD, is that correct? Yes, correct. Yeah. yeah, and honestly, even in my social work program and my master's program, it was pretty similar. I had friends outside of the program already, so I didn't make a ton of effort. So again, that's me, mostly. Um, yeah, I just didn't really spend a lot of time trying to invest in those relationships. So... Uh, I also don't think I ever really valued relationships as much as I have the past couple of years. So I can remember two years into my PhD, I was crying to a friend and then also my mother about not having a community here, like in Greeley, in Boulder, even um, where I live. So I feel like I, I really struggled with that. I felt like pretty alone. I, I didn't have a lot of friends who really understood what I was doing. Um, they were all kind of in different like life, life, you know, life situations. So that was pretty hard. Um, and then I think I constantly have the struggle when you talk about like the social and emotional, like especially the emotional, mm -hmm. I'm constantly like, holy shit, I got this. Like, ah, oh, yes. To the next day being like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> and I'll, you know, like, can I really do this? Um, so it's constantly going back and forth of this emotional roller coaster of saying, yeah, I got this. This is fine. And I'm doing this for the right reasons. And, and I love it. And I'm, and I'm so good at it. And then the very next day I'm like, shit, I suck. I need so much more work. I need to put so much more work in. Am I good enough? Can I really do this? So I just feel like it's kind of been this back and forth constantly. That doesn't sound fun. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else that you want to share? I don't think so. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please reach out to me if you think it was helpful. And also, if you have any questions that you'd like for me to answer on the podcast, please send them my way. You can send them to thecollegelifecoach at gmail.com, or you can also message me on Instagram at thecollegelifecoach. I'd also love for you to join the email list. If you haven't already done so, please go ahead and click the link in the show notes. And I look forward to hearing from you. I really want to connect with you this year. So please tell me, what do you want to hear about? What questions do you have? What challenges do you have in college right now? 
Let me know what you got going on. Um, I love you all. Sending you all the love. Thinking of you as you are starting your new semester. And thank you so much for listening as always. And I will catch you in the next one. Have an excellent week.